I never wanted my job to define me. You'll never hear me say, I'm a nurse. Hi, I'm Casey. I'm a nurse. I purposely do not use that like exact phrasing. I always say I work as a nurse because I'm so much more than a nurse. Like, hi, my name's Casey and I have this whole persona and I happen to just work as a nurse. That's, That's one part of me. Welcome to episode 12 of the Per My Last Email podcast. I am your host, Michaela, and today I have one of my very best friends on the podcast, and she was so excited to be on. She has been a part of this podcast from inception, even before inception, to reality. So I'm so excited to have her and for you all to hear from her, especially because her and I are drastically different in many, many ways. And I don't know, I'm just, I'm excited to hear her perspective on a few things and just like learn her experience without giving too much away. We're talking about mommyhood today and transitioning career and motherhood and what that all looks like, because I just don't think that it's possible to talk about a woman's perspective and a woman's experience in a business world without also talking about, you know, making babies. But with that being said, it kind of got me thinking about adult decisions. I feel like our parents and that generation and the generation before and so on, you know, when an adult decision was made, it was kind of made as a line item to check off a list and then it was never revisited. So when like our parents, for example, bought, you know, a home in the suburbs or a home in the city or a home anywhere, that was going to be the home for like the next two to three decades. Them moving was not really common. And a lot of things I feel like they did that way. It's really rare to hear nowadays that somebody works in a company for 40 years, right? But I feel like if you talk to our parents' generation or our grandparents' generation, that was like the dream to work for one company for 40, 50 years, to get your pension with them, like to be loyal to that company, that was the dream. And so it was like, once you hit that moment where you got hired or once you bought that pseudo forever home, that was the dream. And it was kind of like, you check that thing off the list and you never revisited it. Fast forward to today, we all live a little differently. I think culturally we're quite a bit different. We kind of always want the next best thing. And also we're not tied to these sort of items like this forever home or this forever job or this forever career or this forever city or this forever anything. Like it all just sort of evolves. And I've had these conversations over the last few weeks with a few people and specifically in my field, obviously to do with home ownership. And there seems to be this like fear when first time home buyers, so people our age, typically buy their first home, I think they get wrapped up in that same sort of concept that their parents had of like, shit, I have to live in this thing forever. And it doesn't happen so much with condos in a city. Like it's very clear, like that's your stepping stone. But when people buy single family homes, this weird phenomenon happens where suddenly everyone has a meltdown and thinks they have to stay in this house forever. And I've now had multiple conversations with multiple people across multiple cities about hold on a second, why just because you bought a single family home, does that mean that you're not allowed to make transitions in your adult life beyond this home? There are some legal things you need to do when you buy a single family home, depending on your loan type, et cetera. And maybe you need to live there for a year, but beyond that year, you're not tied to this thing. Buying real estate is honestly like a financial thing more so than a physical 
creating home thing. Now, if you want both, there's a way to do both, but buying real estate isn't only sort of this, you know, make a home for myself. It's also a finance thing and it's investing your money. And so why does investing your money have to be this forever thing of where you as a human being exist and live? And it kind of just got me thinking to all of the sort of transitions we make in our adult life. And are we good at transitioning in general? I think as a generation, we'd like to be good at transitioning. And then I always think about the TikTok kids and the YouTube kids who are like 20 years old and billionaires. You know, they're constantly transitioning. One month they're dancing on TikTok. One month they're making reels about, you know, dyeing their hair blue. Like they're always changing and that's what's giving them momentum. My generation, the millennials, we're kind of, we're trying to be that, right? We were like the first ones, but we were also the only generation to like kind of have one foot in the past and one foot in the future. We grew up recording songs on our boom boxes to cassette tapes. Like also shout out to everybody who did that. That was the way to record music. But you would listen to the radio. They would play your favorite song. Also, you would sit in your room and listen for your favorite song for a solid three hours. They would eventually play your favorite song. And in that moment, you would hit record on your boom box to the cassette tape that was in the sort of slot. And then your favorite song would be recorded to that cassette tape. And that's how you got around buying CDs if you didn't have enough money or your parents wouldn't let you buy 8,000 CDs. Like we live that world. And then fast forward, we're posting photos in our 20s on Instagram in clubs. So like we're the one generation that had one foot in the past and one foot in the future. And I think it's sometimes hard for us to like transition. We want to transition. We mentally like the concept of transitioning, but are we good at it? Right. In our last episode, we talked to Emily, who had to figure out how to retire at 30 from being an Olympian and figure out how to be a businesswoman and fully transition both her life and her identity all in one. And the thing about what we'll learn with Casey, my my bestie, my very, very bestie bestie, is like the transition of being a working person to being a mom isn't easy either. And on top of it, the world doesn't really make it easy. And then you have to mentally get yourself there on top of all the other transitions you have to make in your life between home and work and friends and cities and so on. And so I think it's challenging and I think it's something to always think about, like perfect example. I'm sort of a psycho. All the mirrors in my house have writing on them in lipstick. Every mirror has something different written on it for a different purpose. But today I changed the writing on the mirror in my bathroom and the words that have been on that mirror have been there for 18 months. And today I switched them to something new. I was done rereading those words that had been there. I was done with them. I I was ready for something new and I kind of have been going through this transition for the last X amount of time. And I was finally ready to step into this new phase. And so I wrote, you know, I wrote it in lipstick on my mirror as one does. So with that being said, something to think about if you are transitioning into a new phase of your business life or personal life or home life or adventure life, whatever that transition may be, I just put all the positive energy towards you and on you for that transition to be smooth and sort of in a light that is encouraging and positive. So with that being said, I'm so excited to introduce Casey. For those of you listening, this episode is a little different. Like, I feel like every episode seems to be a little different, but I guess that's what happens in the first, I don't know, 10, 20 episodes. Everyone's different. I have yet to have a bestie on the podcast and welcome to the conversation with a bestie. 
I'm so excited for you all to hear from Casey about her kind of life and trajectory and how she became a working mama. Did I miss anything? Was that right? (laughs) No, that sounded really good. Well, Miss Casey, otherwise known as Kathleen Coughlin, literally nobody on the planet calls you that except for me. Yeah, pretty accurate. Like your mother who named you that doesn't call you. (laughs) Only when I'm in trouble. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that makes me happy. Well, you know what? Before we even get into like your whole life, I want the world to know. I wasn't going to tell anyone this, but yet here we are. So this podcast is being recorded at 8 a.m. because someone, aka not me, doesn't have time in her day outside of 8 a.m. And would you like to tell everybody why? I was actually originally, I was going to tell you 6 (laughs) a.m. And then I was like, hmm, normal people probably don't want to do work at 6 a.m. This girl was going to do something at 6 a.m., guys. Unreal. Yeah, that is my most productive time of the day. So yeah, I have a one-year-old daughter and she wakes up at like 6.30. I felt like I could maybe push it to like 6.45. That's why I was like 6 a.m. That's the best time. And right now, so she already woke up, had breakfast, like had a full on like conversation with me this morning and now she's taking her nap. So that's why we're here at 8 a.m. Also, let's just get really clear what type of conversation your one-year-old had with you. It was a lot of like, la, la, la. Mm, Very productive conversation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah, she has a lot to say. She She has so much to say. Although you would not be able to tell by the first two seconds of this podcast, her mother also has a lot to say. Oh, just you wait. So much to say. Little chatty ones over there. Let's rotate the clocks back. You graduated high school. You're earlier than me. You're older than me. And what happened? Like you graduated and thought like, oh, I'll go to a big school. What happened? Yeah. Yeah. So in high school, I was like super involved in everything. I did like clubs, sports. I did like the accelerated classes. You know, high school was like academically like easy for me. I'm one of those person that can put in like minimal effort towards academics and like do well. And due to our high school, like scene, it was like super high pressure. You have to go to university. You have to go to a big college. I never even considered a community college, which in retrospect was such a better fit for me. So going back to my story, I did go to university for a year and it was just not a good fit. Like the huge classes, I felt like completely lost. Like I was not thriving. Like it was not for me. So I ended up coming back home after my first year. I went to community college and ended up going to nursing school at a community college. And it was actually awesome. I like shout out to community college because it's way more affordable. I don't have any student loans and here I am registered nurse. Like I ended up in the same career goal that a lot of other people end up with, but I didn't have to go through the university route, take out millions of student loans. Like So I really am thankful for that. I feel like you got like the normal college experience, but well, normal is also like a relative term, but yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't feel like I missed out on anything. I mean, everyone's college experience is like so personal. It's so different for everyone. You know, I don't feel like I missed out on anything in order for me to move back home. I needed to, again, find balance. It's this ever 
like searching for balance. Do we ever, do we ever really find it? So for me to be back at home, I had to be like busy all the time. So I took on like multiple jobs. I was taking classes, like nursing school is like no joke. And I had like my little study group of like nurse friends and we were always like studying at each other's houses. So it was able to like spend time with my family in like smaller doses, which made me keep my sanity. Yeah. You weren't like enveloped back in like family life. You just happened to be like living there. Right. So we go to community college and did you feel like you could get everything? Like kind of how you mentioned, like you ended up getting to the career goal ultimately just like by this different route. After my one year at university, I found like clarity and I was like, wow, I, I guess nursing is a really good career path after all. And immediately when I got home, I researched my local community college and they had a great nursing program and it was already like mapped out for me. So nursing is so interesting because there's like three main avenues to get to the same career. So you could get your associates, your bachelor's or your master's. And all of the ending of all of those degrees is the registered nurse board exam. It's the same exam, no matter what avenue you take. So I had taken the associate's degree route, took my RN licensing board exam, and I could work the same job as a master's prepared RN. They take the same licensing board exam. They become an RN. What's happening is a lot of hospitals don't really like associates prepared RNs. They want bachelors. So I found a job at a community hospital because at that time, community hospitals were like, oh, you graduated from a community college. We'll take you and we'll also help you go to school for your bachelor's. Is there a pay difference? Like what? I mean, there's got to be a reason that somebody like has a master's versus an associate's to get the same license. So usually if you are going for your master's and you're not already a registered nurse, you have a bachelor's in something else. Then you go, you find a master's program for nursing. It's so, it's so interesting. There's so many different ways to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you start working at this community hospital and you're still living at home and you know, what, what's the transition from that to my personal apartment where we moved in together? (laughs) Right, right. So actually, right after I started my big girl job, and I got my first paycheck as an RN, I immediately like moved out like one paycheck. (laughs) Bye family. Love you. (laughs) Yeah. And I had, yeah, I found a roommate, like a friend of a friend. And that was my first apartment yeah. experience. And I worked and I went to school for my bachelor's. And then my next... Oh, so you started going to school for your bachelor's like the second you got a job. Yeah, like right away. Can I ask why? Yeah, I was really oh. pressured by the hospital to, to get my bachelor's. They're like, we want you to have it in two years. Got it. So like they'll take you... Well, they took you with an associates, but they were like, this is like a work in progress. Work in progress, right. Yeah, so... I can't really remember if they were like, you have to get your bachelor's in two years, like, or else, or or if it was just like, we really want you to get your bachelor's and we will pay X amount of your tuition and we'll support you. Like, here are some programs that like we partnered with as a hospital. Like it was, it just kind of made sense. Yeah. It was very supportive. Like it was, yeah, everybody was doing it. Okay. But also you're making like a real paycheck while going to school Mm -hmm. versus at the exact same time, you would have been like, what, a junior or senior at university 
with mm-hmm. all this debt still broke and like, but good news is like, you did it the way that what you were quote unquote supposed to. Exactly. Which exactly. In retrospect is kind of like silly if your result is far better this route, but like, you know, there's like one less frat party involved. Right. Right. <laughs> After a few years of like working and living in the suburbs, I was like, okay, time to take the next step. I want to move downtown. Me and you connected. We became roommates. Best roommate experience, honestly, of my life. (laughs) I know. I'm great. (laughs) So wonderful. So great. And then, yeah. And then I transitioned to working at a large university or teaching hospital in the city shortly after that as well. Casey has this thing (laughs) where when she leaves one job, she doesn't actually leave it. She just gets another one, but she never gets rid of the old one. And then she sort of like works all of the jobs. She's almost like one of those people where like, you know, like those awful people case that are like, I'm dating you, but then I'm like kind of not dating you. And I'm just going to like fizzle you. But at the same time, I've like actually have a whole new relationship on the side. That's literally exactly what I do with, with my jobs. jobs. <laughs> like you don't know you how to cut a it. job cold turkey. No, I'm literally dealing with that right now. I, I moved. So the next step after this big university teaching hospital is I met my husband and then we got married. We have a baby. And then for his job, we actually moved to Milwaukee. So right now I'm living in Milwaukee. I'm back to a little community hospital, back working at a little community hospital, which I like. And I, of course, as you know, I'm still traveling back to Chicago, like one to two days a month to work at my Chicago hospital because I just, I can't let go. Like, I love it. They're like my work family. Like I love all my coworkers. I love my managers. Like I just, I can't quit them. (laughs) I can't do it. I think this is what makes Casey a good friend, but this is literally like the most annoying thing in the whole world is that this girl like cannot quit a job to save her life. Like you will have 80 jobs, but God forbid you quit one. I know it's a blessing and a curse because I just feel like I want to be on good terms with everything, with everyone at all times. Right. And also like, I love it. If if I didn't love it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't keep driving. Yeah. Before we get to your husband and Milwaukee and the baby and your 80 jobs you now have. Okay. You and I are living together downtown and you are working at the community hospital in the suburbs and at the city hospital. And at this point, like I would argue, like you made the city hospital, your main relationship and the community hospital is your side piece. So you flip flop them because the community hospital was our main relationship at one point. And then Mm -hmm. that fizzled and that became the side piece you got a new relationship with the big hospital. And that's like your main relationship at that point. When you like went into nursing, like what was like the life plan? Like I'm going to get married and have a bunch of babies and just like not be a nurse or like, was there a plan or was it like, let's just like see what happens and like just roll with the punches? Yeah. Great question. So what did I see my future? Like the great thing about nursing is it is so flexible. I've even like told my friends that were like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I'm like, you should look into nursing. Like there's so many different jobs. You could work in a school, you could work in a hospital, you could work in a doctor's office. Like literally you could work nights, you could only work weekends. You know, there's so many different possibilities. So for me, family, super important. I always knew I wanted a family. I always knew I wanted kids. 
working full-time for me was three days a week, three 12 hour shifts. I always knew that I could drop down the hours. I could, instead of working 12 hour shifts, I could work eight hour shifts and that my job would be flexible to support that. Obviously like I'm different, right? I think like everyone knows that at this point, I, I don't know how much I've talked about it on the podcast realistically. I just like, I am a different species of human, I feel like. And like, it has never occurred to me, to be honest, like when I was starting my job or like building my company or building my businesses, like it literally never occurred to me, like what my life might look like if I ever had a family joined in with my, like I, it never occurred to me. And realistically, like now I have my own plans on that topic, but it still doesn't really occur to me. And I'm just so like shocked by how many people think about this. Women specifically think about this from day one. Like my older sister has thought about this since the third grade. I oh, me too. About what miniskirt <laughs> I was going to wear to school in the third grade. My sister thought about what's, what job she was going to have so she could have babies. Like right. these thoughts don't even like encroach into my brain space. But obviously like there are so many women in this world where what you are going to do as a profession is so intertwined with like, if you want a family, how that's going to work, what that's going to look like, and how can you make that all happen at the same time, which obviously like doesn't really happen for men. Like that thought process isn't there. Maybe like, I don't know, like, what do you think? But like, maybe there's a thought process of like, how can I provide and how can I have enough funds? But like, there's not a thought process of like timing or like logistics or like timing on a big scale, but also timing on like a day to day, like, Hey, I wake up at 6am want to do the podcast then. Like, <laughs> like no man is like, you know, at 23 years old sitting, you know, in the lawn of his frat house being like, how am I going to like balance my family and work life? Right? Yeah. Like family work life is not something they're ever considering. They're like, I don't know, like, as long as there's enough money, all will be well, which yeah. arguably is like my thought process. Totally. You have the frat boy thought process. I'm the frat boy sitting in the lawn being like, as long as there's enough money, it'll all work out. I definitely think that for most men, I think it's an afterthought. I think they're like so career focused. And then they're like, and hopefully a family will fit in there somewhere. Like it's completely an afterthought. She'll like show up and figure it out for us. Right. I was reading this thing on social media about, about a working mother Mm. and it's like the second that you become a mother, like regardless of what else is going on in your life, like you are a working mother. Now in like three to six months, you go back to your career. So what does that make you now? A working, working mother. And you never, you never hear the phrase working father. No, no. Like, like a dad, like Like everyone assumes they have a job and everyone assumes they are a dad. They're not a working dad. They are right. just a dad. So but you like, can refer to me as a working, working mother. From now I will now. Um, <laughs> hello. Good morning. Working, working mother. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Because I've talked to my sister about this too. And like, she sometimes says she's a stay-at-home mom, which is not true. But she's like, but I don't have a career. And I'm like, okay, but like you work every single day for a couple hours a day and you make money. So that makes you a working mom, not a stay-at-home mom. She goes, but I work while staying at home. I'm like, these labels are all garbage. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like moms do so much. Like moms are superheroes and taking care of a newborn is an Olympic sport. (laughs) Like it's so hard. I never thought I was ever going to sleep again. And I've obviously found my new normal of sleep, but it's different and it is not for the week. Definitely. This is why I'm weak. I I know this. (laughs) That's not what I meant. (laughs) But it's what I meant. (laughs) 
I am weak. <laughs> I cannot sign up for that Olympic sport. I will not do well. <laughs> there are certain Olympic sports you can sign me up for. This is not one of them. Yeah. It, you're so tired. You feel like you can't do one more thing, but then you do the thing. And then you're just like existing. You're just like a mom living. zombie. Yeah. It's wild. So bizarre. Okay. So to be honest, I didn't know, but it obviously makes sense. Like, obviously I don't know every single thought that's occurred in your brain over the last 10 years. Also, Casey talks a lot. Casey loves to chat. So it's shocking that I don't know every thought that has crossed your brainwave because I feel like you probably have told it to me already. I didn't know that like you thought about family stuff intertwined with work when you were figuring out what your career would be. But I mean, that makes all the sense in the world. I don't know how you couldn't have except right. for I didn't. So, okay. You're, you're living with yours, truly having the greatest experience of your life. I screwed up that experience. That's my fault. Well, yeah, I can't believe you. <laughs> I fully screwed that one up. I'm trying to think like there was a couple years, even after you and I lived together, you were just sort of like existing, right? Like dating, yeah, you know, like working at the big working. hospital. At some point you finally gave up your side piece hospital. I know it fizzled. It fizzled fully away. How long did it take you to fizzle out your community hospital? Oh yeah. It took two years. And I remember the day that it fully fizzled because they asked me to work Christmas day. And I was like, I can't do it. I can't work Christmas day. I guess I have to quit now. <laughs> two years after having a job elsewhere. Yes. It was two years. It's fine guys. This one doesn't have like detachment issues at all. You meet your husband. Well, mm -hmm. he wasn't your husband when you met him, but you meet <laughs> And you guys like kind of moved in together pretty fast, one would argue. Yeah, yeah we were on the fast track for sure. <laughs> we still are. At the time, he was not, he was just pre-med. He was pre-med or sure. he was in med school? He was in med school. He was in med school already. All right, so he's in med school, literally trying to like be alive. You guys move in together. You're working at the university hospital that like is quite an undertaking too. Like it's a big hospital. They ask a lot of you. Are you already like, okay, like how do I get me a little family here? So literally me and my husband were so on the same page, literally from our first date. Like this was not your typical first date. It was like, hi, I'm in med school. I'm very busy. I don't have time to mess around with dating. Like I need to know if you're serious. I need to know if you would like a family. I need to know if we agree on religion. I need to know if we agree on family values. Like all, I'm like, oh, hi, it's so nice to meet you. I'm like, wow, I've never had a first date like this. And it was kind of awesome because we got to talking about those big question marks, those big family decisions right away and right away knew that we were on the same page. So we could like continue moving forward in our relationship immediately because we're like, oh, we agree on family. We agree on religion. We agree on whatever. And it was like, wow, this is so nice. Yeah. Like, it, you guys like in a way, like the thing that kind of like, I think gets really messy for couples sometimes is the thing that like has never been messy for you guys. Like right. everybody obviously has mess in their lives, but like for you from like a work family balance place, like this part was always super clear for everybody. Like his role in that was super clear. Your role in that was super clear. And like, nobody has ever expected anything other than what was discussed on day one. Literally. Yes. Like that was plan day. And like, everyone has been like, no, I'm happy <laughs> to stay to that plan. Exactly. It kind of planned out right away. Like you want to be a mom, you want to work and be a mom, right? Like that was discussed. Like you're not, you weren't interested in being like, 
a non-working, well, you know what I mean? Because again, these are like idiotic. <laughs> Just a one working mom, not a working, working mom. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> you wanted to keep your career going and also have a somewhat bigger family. So again, on one of our first few dates, yeah. you know, I knew my husband's career goal. Like I was already in my career and he right away was like, it's up to you. Like eventually down the line, like we will be in a position where you don't have to work if you don't want yeah, like to. Like financially. Yeah. And he was like, but if you do want to work, like I will support you. Like he is such a feminist and, and like in his soul, he's very supportive of me, like whatever I decide he's supportive. And he, and both of us decided together that I should in some capacity, keep working to show yeah. our daughter that, you know, moms can work too. And, you know, you don't have to just give up your career. Once you have a family, you know, that's something that's important to us. And I guess it makes sense. And like, there's obviously going to be like different forms of this for everybody. Like we've had a guest before on the podcast who was like, I don't, you know, I'm not married. I don't have children. And that allowed a certain career path for me that like it allowed. And then there's, you know, there's other sides to that where like you have a family and you're like, no, I want to keep working. And what does that look like? And it's kind mm -hmm. of, you then have to create what that world looks like and then figure out how to like kind of exist in it. Everybody engages <laughs> with the world at a different sort of capacity. And like, I guess your capacity has changed also, which like we can get into, but like when the baby was born, you had one, you know, one level of engagement. Now you have a different level of engagement and you're still driving back and forth from Milwaukee to Chicago, which makes absolutely no sense, but you are because you don't know, you know, how to not have a side piece job. Let's rewind a bit. You and your husband get married. You alluded, you guys moved to Milwaukee for his residency. And what do you do? Like you have this job in Chicago that like, you don't want to separate from, and yet you live, I don't know, like 150, 200 miles away. How many miles away do you live from me? I think it's like 88. <laughs> okay, guys, it feels like 800, to be honest. I think it might be somewhere around 90 miles. <laughs> we'll have to fact check this. So actually, I like kind of blocked this part out. But, but when my husband first got his job in Milwaukee, I had been working at my job in Chicago <laughs> and I was pregnant. Like we already knew that we were pregnant. And at first we kept the Chicago apartment and I was living and working in Chicago and he moved to Milwaukee without me. Oh, I remember. Like, I forgot this. Yeah. I forgot this. <laughs> we all forgot this. <laughs> so I was living by myself in Chicago for a few months and he was living and working in Milwaukee by himself for a few months at the end of my pregnancy, which I would not recommend to anyone. <laughs> Our plan was that I would work in Chicago, have the baby in Chicago, and then like immediately move to Milwaukee, which is pretty much what happened minus at eight months pregnant. I was like, I don't want to live by myself. And then I decided and I pretty much moved. I was like nine months pregnant. I'm like, I, I want to move in with you now. I don't want to wait until the baby's born. And then I'm nine months pregnant and moving all of my stuff from the apartment, which was a lot of stuff that we left in Chicago to Milwaukee. And then I continued commuting from Milwaukee to Chicago for the last couple of weeks of my pregnancy. That was pretty crazy. Look okay. The reason the fact checking on the mileage is important is yes. because I need this everyone to be clear on the picture of the insanity. You're nine months pregnant. You have now randomly on a sort of whim outside of the plan 
decided yeah. screw it. I'm going to move myself in with my husband because this is dumb. And this plan was <laughs> dumb. And at nine months pregnant, I am going to work as a nurse on eight or 12 hour shifts, whatever, 120 miles away from my home, which I've now moved yeah. myself into and just do that. I'm just going to drive 120 miles one way to go to work. Exactly. And you know, miles, I feel like it's not, as, it was an hour and 35 minutes of time. People can relate to time, right? It took me an hour yeah. and 35 minutes. One way. To, one way. With no traffic. Right. Which there wasn't traffic because nurses work like off hours. hours yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't, oh. luckily didn't have any traffic. Sure. And how long were your shifts? At that time, eight hours. Sure. So we're now spending three hours, guys. I'm fighting with her as if like she's just making this decision because I'm angry. All over <laughs> You're driving three hours round trip to work eight hours. So your full day is now 11 hours at nine yeah. months. Yep. Okay, great. I'm glad we're having this fight one more time and you're not nine months pregnant and I'm angry all over again. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so you're living in Milwaukee. At what point were you like, okay, this is crazy town. Like this 11 hour cycle of trying to go to work is dumb and I need to figure my life out. That would be um, the day that I had the baby. So going back to um, when we were talking about how nursing is like super flexible, yeah. we can increase our hours, we can decrease our hours, we can change our work location. So I had in my head planned out that I would cut my hours, you know, I wouldn't be working full time anymore. So I took my full 12 weeks maternity leave. Yeah. And then when I came back, I had a very reduced like hour commitment. Got like it. I was only working like one shift mm -hmm. a week when I first came back. And I was able to do that, you know, for 10 months. And then I just, I just started working full-time in Milwaukee when my daughter was 10 months old. Right. Did you want the job in Milwaukee? It was like a combination of like, I want it and I also need it. If I could transport myself to Chicago in like 10 minutes every day, I would keep my, I love my job in Chicago. Like if that could still be my full-time job, it would be, but like, it doesn't, the, the transportation lane has been closed. I don't know if it's related to that pandemic or what, but like, I just can't, I can't like teleport myself <laughs> to Chicago. So I knew that I needed it. And I also was reflecting on like how much I loved working at a community hospital. And I found this like community hospital by us. And it, I, I do, I, re I really like it. I think it's a combination of a want and a need. Like I wanted it and I also needed it. Do you so feel like because your brain energy existence has transitioned into mommy mode versus just like independent person with wants mode, that energy in yourself is what forced you? Absolutely. Because mommy. you personally would have kept driving this ridiculousness just to like have yeah. your happy little life. I mean, it is like double-sided. Like we also, me and my husband, we do want to eventually move back to Chicago. So I feel like I'm also like keeping my foot in the door for when we do move back, it'll be an easier transition, you know, to increase my hours again. So it's double-sided, but yeah, the mommy like drive is, is so strong. You know, I have to do what's best for my daughter. And it's almost like, I don't have any control of this decision-making. Like it's a deep like intuition. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Like, like your decision-making now isn't based on like your own sort of thoughts and needs and feelings. It's like, what's best for her and how right. do I then adjust to that? That kind of sort of makes me somewhat acceptable, happy levels. Right. I am totally second rate now in your own brain. 
in my own brain. So bizarre. But I guess that's the point of like, that's, I guess what I'm trying to get at in this whole conversation of insanity of you driving is like when women sort of exist in their careers prior to family, I think we all sort of exist on like, how do I make the choices that make sense for me to get me where I'm going to? It's me, 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 right? Like, why wouldn't it be, right? But it seems to me as somebody with no children, when someone has a child and is very family oriented, all of it sort of like all the decision-making transfers from like, rather than like what's best for the career trajectory to like what's best for the family unit. Exactly. And then do you feel like there's ever this like tug of war between like what's best for the family unit and what makes sort of career sense for me in the future? Or like, is it, is there no tug of war? It's like very clear one fell off the cliff and this is what we focus on. So work mommy balance, like does it exist? There's mom guilt, there's nurse guilt. And, you know, I am still working on this. I have to create boundaries. I have to create boundaries as a mom. I have to create boundaries as a nurse. And the key is like open communication, like open communication with my manager. I can only work eight hour shifts. That was my boundary. I can only work limited weekends because of childcare. You know, that's the second boundary. And then to help balance off my mom guilt, you know, I have to have open communication with my partner. You know, I'm I'm working, working, (laughs) you know, I'm so lucky that I have such a supportive partner. Like that's so important. And as far as like sharing the housework and, you know, divvying up the tasks and chores, like I'm doing that. And we kind of have a joke in my mommy group, shout out to my mommy group. Love Love your mommy group. (laughs) Michaela is like an honorary member in the mommy group. I'm an honorary auntie in the mommy group. We have this joke that if you are delegating, if you are divvying up the household chores by default, that makes you like the manager. (laughs) And that makes you, that makes you, you know, you're doing more than 50% already. (laughs) And so that's like our joke, but like communicating that with my partner is huge. And like I mentioned before, like he's such a feminist. I was so impressed when we were dating that he loves to cook. He will always do his part in cleaning. Like he does his own laundry, which I feel like for like a 20 something year old guy, like that's actually kind of rare. Like he would iron all his clothes. I'm like, who are you? (laughs) Yeah. He's a wonderful human. Absolutely. So yeah, the balance is something we're always working toward. It's like different, right? Cause it's like, I always think about like you compared to me, right? My boundaries is like, I want to go literally, this is what I just thought of. This is how different our lives are. My boundary is like, okay, clients can actually like call and text me at any hour of the day, but I tell them when I meet them for the first time, like, just so you know, I'll most likely answer you till about eight or eight 30, unless I'm like, it's important or like, it's time sensitive. Then we can have our conversation whenever, but unless I'm like getting drunk at 8 PM, like I'll answer you once I'm drinking, it's game over. I'm not speaking right. to you. And I'm now like the non-realtor, non-business person. Now I'm just like Michaela who wants to like go have fun with her friends. So like she's off the clock, but my boundary is literally like if I'm playing, I'm off the clock. And if I'm not playing that I'm on the clock. Right. That's my, I have no other boundaries. Right. <laughs> Which are really stupid boundaries, by the way. So, I mean, it's everyone's personal, <laughs> yeah. you know, if that's working for you right now, yeah. that's great. You might have to readjust your your balance at a certain point. Yeah, at some point. And like going back to the college 
search. So it was really important to me, like how I introduced myself. I never wanted my job to define me. You'll never hear me say, I'm a nurse. Hi, I'm Casey. I'm a nurse. I purposely do not use that like exact phrasing. I always say I work as a nurse because I'm so much more than a nurse. Like, hi, my name's Casey. And I have this whole persona and I happen to just work as a nurse. That's one part of me, but it doesn't define me. That might be the most profound thing you have ever said. And I have never heard you say, like, obviously I've heard you say I work as a nurse, but I have never heard you describe it that way. That literally mm-hmm. might be the most profound thing you've ever said because yeah, mm-hmm. she, guys, she just bowed. <laughs> and I'll tell you why, because in society, when you meet somebody, the first question people say, oh, what do you do? Right. How you answer that's one important. question that is asked. Right. Who are you? What do you do? What have you accomplished? Like, what list are you on? And it's like, why is that the defining sort of like thing about me? Can can my heart not be the defining thing about me? Can my giant eyeballs not be the defining thing about me? Like, why is what I've accomplished the defining thing about me? Because then inevitably you're always sort of in this like chase to accomplish more because you always feel as though your definition isn't full enough. Girl, that is the most like profound shit you've ever sent. I say, oh, I'm Michaela. I run a real estate business, a real estate design business, like something, right? Like I right. am that thing. And you're like, I work as that thing. Right. You, I know you've heard me say it like that because that's the only way I yeah, ever say it. It just never occurred to me why. Yeah. Well, how do I do that? What does that look like for me? I work in real estate. Mm-hmm. I work in home design. Exactly. My whole life might have just changed, guys. All right, we're going to work on TBD on on what I work as. (laughs) No one knows. (laughs) So many things. I'm a therapist in the real estate industry. Is that an option? No. I probably shouldn't call myself a therapist. There are people who go to a lot of schooling to be a therapist. One of my favorite references to like stay-at-home mom that I heard recently was domestic engineer. Yeah. I work as a domestic engineer. I love that. I'm adding that to my resume immediately. I think you should. I tell my sister all the time. She's the project manager of our last domestic manager, like domestic engineer households. Like that's it. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. Everyone knows who my sister is. So like I tell my sister all the time that she is the house and project manager of the Casey household. That sounds so impressive. It is. It is impressive. It sounds impressive because it is impressive. Because it is impressive. Yeah. We think that like if you if you think of like, I don't know, just like some big mansion, like in the New England like coast. If you think about like just a house manager of that like big estate, you'd be like, holy shit, that's so impressive. There's so many things to do and to keep it running and to keep it nice and to keep it all stocked. What the hell is a mom? It's the same damn thing. Right. But like, that's like, oh, you're not working. Should you get a job? I have a lot of opinions about that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also so impressed with your daughter that she's still sleeping. Do you feel like she knew that like her Mimi needed some time with you? I actually, I don't know if she, she could be awake by now. My husband's on duty. He's dad's on duty. I'm like not anywhere near them right now. So I have no idea. Oh, fair enough. I thought you had the monitor. You're right. Dad's on duty. Yeah. I didn't bring it. (laughs) You're like, I'm out guys. I'll see you later. Checking out for an hour. This is really important. See you later. Thanks so much for doing this. I feel like you were like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. This is weird. You were great. You were phenomenal. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so like honored that you invited me. I was like, wow, this is You're so, so good. exciting. Thank yeah, because I think like, honestly, I, I thought long and hard about it. And I'm like, I've said this before. I think it's impossible to have a women's business podcast and not talk about family in some capacity because women don't have 
I don't know if it's a luxury or not, but women don't, we'll call it a luxury. Women don't have the luxury luxury of existing in a business capacity and not talking about family or reproduction or their choice on the matter. Whether that's even like freezing eggs or doing IVF and hormone shots. Like you can't exist in a business capacity and sort of completely like disengage with your family life as a woman, the way a man can. And so like the longer I thought about this podcast, I was like, okay, we talk, you know, we talk to women who are doing different business ventures and creating their own businesses and working in corporate and trying to do all these things. How can you have that conversation and not discuss these huge chunks of time in women's lives that are like this never ending balancing act that is like never balanced, but just say like, oh, we're not going to talk about that part. Let's just talk about how we're trying to like break a glass ceiling. I don't know. That's like talking about like food and never discussing where it was coming from. Like it didn't come out of the ground. We just got it at the supermarket and no one discussed where it came from. It just didn't make sense to me. Right. Like the entire culture of child rearing and child bearing, it's just like brushed under the rug. Like yeah. so often. Right. And so it's like, I had this conversation with somebody yesterday, you know, how does a business or a corporation or a hospital or whatever properly interact with women when hiring them, but also comprehending the transitions that will happen, but also understanding that the benefits of hiring women outweigh, we'll call it outweigh, whatever nuisance the company feels is is sort of being put on them due to the fact that there might be a transition. That's exactly the problem is like the culture right now is that, oh, you're pregnant. Oh, what a nuisance. Where in reality, it should be like, oh my gosh, you're pregnant. How can we support you? How can we help you maintain your career while you enter this new role as a mom? That should be the culture, but that's nowhere to be found. No, because I think the base ultimately is a financial one. Like their Mm -hmm. thought is like, they're being like a corporation's thought is, okay, but I'm hiring you. And now you are not going to provide the return on investment for X amount of time. But like, why also hasn't anybody thought about like, okay, but hold on a second. My, and this is random. I just thought of this, but like, if you're somebody, and again, I've never been pregnant. So I'm literally making this shit up. But like, if you're pregnant, there might be a certain amount of caring that you now put towards things that in a meeting or in a pitch or in some kind of like tricky situation that everybody's trying to figure out in a business situation, you might come at it from a different perspective that might solve a problem because you in that moment are in this like state of caring. Right. Nobody's thinking about like that you might bring something different to the table that might solve problems. It's just you're a nuisance. You don't like provide the return on investment because you have now decided that you get to go sit at home for X amount of months and we'll pay you. Right. But you know, we gotta, you know, the world's gotta procreate. So like, I don't know what you want. I know. It's you so important. To exist, but you also don't want anyone to make that next generation. Well, now that we got that off our chest. I know, I feel like this is a whole nother deep conversation that we can talk another hour about, but yeah, but yes, everything you just said, yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay. We're going to change the culture. We're also going to yeah. stop saying that what we do is who we are, but rather it's the work that we do. Okay. I love you. I love you. My little girl who yeah. day, tell the world. It was her birthday yesterday. Yeah. Little girl Happy is one year old in one day today. Yes. Time flies. Different. She demanded to sleep with her 
baby shark cardboard <laughs> toy, like in her crib. She wouldn't let me take it. I'm like, this is not even a soft toy. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> She's like, no, mom, I'm a toddler now. This is a toddler toy. I'm taking it with me in the crib. I'm like, oh boy. Okay, honey. Night, night. Yeah, enjoy. You enjoy your little cardboard shark block toy. She's so okay. funny. That's our only change. We now sleep with sharp objects. Yep. Yeah, totally safe. Yep. This is great. <laughs> okay. Love you. Talk to you later. Love you. Bye. Um, I no longer sell. Re- Wait, how do I say it? I sell real estate or no? I work in. You avoid the I am a realtor. You say I work. Oh, you as a realtor. That's right. I say I sell and design homes. Yeah. There Ooh, you go. That's my new way. I sell and design homes. Love it. But I am not a realtor. I mean, you you are. <laughs> but that's only like a part of you. <laughs> that just doesn't define you. That's just that's part of it. I'm not defined by the license I have. Exactly.